back themselves after our guys put a beat down on them earlier this year. And Golden State. Welcome to Views from the Clutch. I go by the name of Smart Alex. I'm here with my brother from another. C. Graham, what's going on? And we are back with another episode of Views from the Clutch. As always, I'm going to take a quick moment out to say thank you to our listeners, supporters, and subscribers. If you would like to join the commentary, you can do so by leaving us a voice note or, or note on any of the podcasting platforms we are hosted on. You can reach us directly at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Tag us on social media at Views from the Clutch on Instagram and Facebook. Before we get it started, and let's take this moment out to say RIP to a Nassau County legend, brother from another, who was real close and dear to my heart as, as well as my friends and family. So real quick, RIP McDonald's. RIP McDonald's is an episode dedicated to you, Breast, Nassau, 516, Hempstead, Velt Villain, one. Just like that, we back at it, man. COVID, man. COVID. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Sad. So my condolences to you. My condolences go out to that man. I know I thought you were actually gonna talk about um they said uh DeMar DeRozan's pops uh passed away. They I don't I don't know if they, they said when he passed up, but they passed. That's what I thought you were gonna say. Um mm. Well on that note, RIP to, to DeMar DeRozan. I don't know if that's his, his I mean to his father. I don't know if he's DeMar DeRozan Sr. or whatever the situation may be with his father's namesake, but um, definitely DeMar DeRozan is somebody that I've, I've been – forget basketball. I've been a, a direct fan of his since he, you know, wound up at USC. And he made it clear that he was a, you know, a big he, – he was he was carrying the Kobe torch, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, facts. Those, um, those perimeter scorers who, who have a real – polished and refined footwork game when it comes to scoring without necessarily needing a three-pointer. Mm. But, um, indeed, man. Indeed. And now he's now he's actually taking three-pointers, you know. He took going to play for the Spurs, but he has he has stepped outside the arc and he I think he's officially taken uh seventeen thousand more percent threes than Ben Simmons has this year. Oh yeah that, that number's um, just gonna go up. So yeah, no, yeah I think Ben Simmons I think I think DeMar DeRozan took like seventeen well, he's made 17 for the season, and like I don't think Ben Simmons has attempted 17. So no, just, you know, come on, man! I'm running jokes. Son, it takes Ben Simmons years to get to 17 attempts. Attempts. So I'm saying that's crazy. Years, but it's all good. I mean, listen, listen. I think Doc Doc is. A, yeah, I think Taco Fall might have shot more threes in his career than Ben Simmons did. Let me. Stop. It's all good. I think, like I said, Doc Doc is Doc know what he's doing. Doc had Rondo, so he can um, easily make that work. Yeah, winning a championship with a point guard who can't shoot is nothing new for Doc Rivers. Like that's not anything to scare him away from taking a job. Clearly, no, of course not. Again, and certainly by somebody six ten, you know what I mean. But you know, it is what it is. But yo, let's talk about the um, what you want to talk about the All Stars? 
They actually having the game on March seventh. I mean, we need to. Yeah, we're gonna catch up to to everything. We'll get to the All Star game probably within the next ten minutes. We're not gonna spend too much time on all the current events, but um, we'll just go through them as they do in my head because I haven't really been super duper duper into them. I watch games here and there since we last podcast. Shout out to Paul Joseph Skills. Appreciate him coming on, but um, yeah, it's been a little hectic for me. Obviously, like I said, um, the situation that I just came to know about that happened within the past twenty four hours along with some other things going on. But um, Anthony Davis has Achilles tendinosis, and he will be reevaluated in something like a month. So he's out of the Lakers lineup, and they recently faced off against the um, Brooklyn Nets. And during their matchup, which the Brooklyn Nets won, uh, in, a, in a pretty low-scoring game considering, you know, it's the Brooklyn Nets playing, mm-hmm. um, there, there, there were some snippets on social media about this uh, ongoing tension between Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. Did you happen to catch any wind of that? Um, I know I, I I did see with LeBron. I think went to the to shoot a technical or something, and he missed. And you saw Kyrie talking about, and then Kyrie say that's your best free throw shooter. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Um. And I, I love to see the gamesmanship. I love to see the the um the rivalries. Uh, you know, the root of the bad blood obviously doesn't make sense to people like you and I because you know we operate with common sense, but. I guess in their world, you know, it, it, it's a part of that mano y mano, I want to be the guy mantra thing that that permeates throughout the NBA, which is probably going to be the theme of, of today's episode, is, you know, who's a man's man in the league nowadays with all the things that are going on. Um, Draymond Green, he touched the uh, the newswire with, uh, I don't know if it was three minutes, five minutes, but somewhere within that range of time, he went on a diatribe about how, you know, there's a double standard in how players are treated in, in the common space of the media and, and the fans versus how the ownership of these NBA teams are treated in their treatment of said players. And to give examples, he pointed out to the fact that guys like Harrison Barnes have literally been sitting on the bench of the team they thought they were playing for and were traded mid-game. Or um, DeAndre Drummond, who has been basically told to no longer suit up while they try to figure out an alternative to allow him to go ahead and be moved. Um, I think John Collins is on is, is officially on the trade block as Atlanta has announced that they're looking for a high first round lottery level pick for them to be willing to let him go. Um, there's a lot of players on the move as the season started to matriculate, like we speculated early on. Like once we get to that 20, 30 game rate, which is, you know, the season is only going to be about 72 games. So the half portion of it is about 35 games. You're going to see teams who, who are definitively admitting or making a decision on what they want to do with their respective futures for the long term and also for the short term. And we, I don't want to say we were first because who knows how many people are actually paying attention to all of the jewels that we drop here. But we, we kind of had a leg up on the NBA affairs for quite a while this season. You know, we kind of got a hot streak going. Yeah. But we said probably what? First week of the season, Andre Drummond is not going to finish the season in Cleveland. And that was before Jared Allen got there. Oh, yeah, yeah easily. So but I, I, see- I think um, there's a lot of stuff going along with what you said. Uh, the Draymond Green thing, I, 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 I a thousand percent agree with him. Um, I think uh, it is a double standard because, the, because it came up because Cleveland was playing Golden State. And then Draymond basically in his own. Um, his uh, post game was talking about that. You know what I mean? It's the fact that it's amazing how if a player gives up on a team, the player is, is no good. He's worthless. Why would you do that? 
But if a team gives up on a play, it's just business. And it's like, and then people say, well, he signed a contract. Yeah, but my contract doesn't state that you could just kick me to the curb and I have no feelings about it. You know what I mean? Yes, you're paying me millions of dollars, but that millions of dollars that you're paying me is just, that's just like a penny to an average person. You know what I mean? Uh, So with with the owners, to the owners, that $28 million that that players is getting is nothing. I mean, again, a lot of these players have families. Mm -hmm. And the fact that a lot of times where you busting your tail trying to compete and try to win and the team just says, nah, you know what? We're going to go in a different direction. You just, you come to the games, you just be, um, you know, you be a cheerleader for us. A lot of guys don't want to do that because when you're trying to figure out um, what type of team we're going to trade you to, we're going to figure out how to buy you out. A lot of players like to get into a rhythm. And if the fact that you're taking me out and I'm healthy, I now lose some of that momentum that I've gained so when I go to the next team, I might not be as sharp. It might take me a couple of games to filter in. And also, like some guys, like I said, they just want to compete, man. They don't want to be sitting on the bench. I mean, I'm sure Andre Drummond, it's a good thing that he can go leave Cleveland because Cleveland ain't going nowhere but to the lotteries and make questionable uh, draft pick choices. So that's not going to be a big deal. But it's just sometimes sometimes you just want to play and say, okay, if you're going to trade me, let me continue to play. Yes, I could possibly get hurt. But the sad part about it is, when he, um, he even mentioned the, J, the James Harden thing is like, yo, when a player says, you know what, this ain't working, I need to get up out of here. Players are, are treated, it, it, they dogged out, but Dog. the moment a team says, hey, this ain't going, and this ain't going well for us. It's time for us to get up out of here. People say, oh, that's just business. It's like, nah, man, it can't. It, you can't. You can't have it both ways, man. It's it sucks both ways. That's the reality. Like. People need to stop saying that, oh, just because you gave me $30 million, I need to just shut up and dribble. Nah, them days is over. Them days has always been over. And a lot of players, I love the power, the player power empowerment because I remember, you know, being a Knicks fan. And the fact that as a kid, the Knicks gave up on um, Patrick Ewan. And, you know, I used to hate that. So it's again, and that was for different reasons. As you get older, you find different things. But it's just now when – when a team says it's okay for them to get rid of you, it's no problem. Fans shouldn't have a problem. Fans are like, oh, it's just part of the game. But now players are saying, nah, forget that. I'm tired of this team because these teams are making bad decisions. How in the world we always we keep trading for these bad plays that are, that are worthless? You know what I mean? Or not even, they just don't fit the mold. And you wouldn't expect me to just stay and, and shut me up with a check. At some time, it becomes a part where he says, as a man, I say, yo, you can't keep paying me to just be awful. At some point, you can say, you know, I can get that bread somewhere else, or I can get some some uh, another type of money. I'll take a pay cut as long as I'm gonna be happy. You know what I mean? Most people, most people will take jobs if they realize, you know, I could be happy in this position. Yeah, you might pay me more, but if if mm-hmm. I hate coming to work, like sometimes people forget that, yo, you could be, you don't have to be an athlete. Put it in the regular people's um point of view, like, yeah, so. I'm- I've lived that situation, yeah. C. Grant. I mean, I've worked a, I've worked for a number of different situations where it just didn't meet it didn't meet my level of satisfaction and waking up and going to that place and then dealing with whatever the environment or job duties, whatever the case may be. It just it, it wasn't a good fit, and, and this happens in the real world all the time, every day, to to every human being. You you go into a room and you can just feel the vibe is not right but you're obligated to be there. And that could just be for you to go and get your license removed or for you to go and get some tacos from Taco Bell. We all have natural human instincts that lead us to believe that 
where we're at and, and what we're doing at a given time is going to give us some sort of serenity. And if something that you have to do for a living, regardless of how much you're being paid, doesn't give you that serenity or doesn't give you that satisfaction that you're making a difference or you're at peace with, with, with what you're doing for a living, then there is going to be some dissatisfaction. And as an NBA player or as professional athletes, there is an unfair or unrealistic expectation that they are not going to voice their concerns or their displeasure with their situation simply because they're being compensated at a rate far and beyond what, what the average American citizen or the, the average citizen in the world is making on a, on a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. It, it's bigger than that. It truly is. And the owners are essentially, ironically, stating the same thing, but not having to abide by it because, again, they are, quote unquote, owners. So they are just basically being portrayed as a revenue source, you know? Well, who's going to pay for the general manager, mm-hmm. this, that, third? Well, it's the owners. Yeah. The owners do that. Well, how does that come about? You know, well, it's the owners. It's the owners. But, you know, these owners are essentially employers. Mm-hmm. And employers at any given time have the right in most states or in most countries to let an employee know if whether or not it's a good fit. Yeah. When they announce it's not a good fit and they go about using their protocol, then no one questions it because they have the wallet on the other side. So it's like, okay, well, you can't bite the hand that feeds you. So everybody should just toe the line. And Draymond Green took the time out because and the, the irony of it all is that he wasn't even asked the question that led him to where he went. He decided to segue his yeah. answer to address the situation because it bothered Absolutely. him so much. And to, to go even further into it, LeBron James backed him mm-hmm. up on it. He said, you know, a lot of what Draymond Green said, I, I, I agree with. And there are a lot of other players who, who, who feel that way. And I'm pretty sure that those players aren't just basketball players. I'm pretty sure it's the same for NFL, NBA, I mean, NFL, NHL, and, and, and Major League Baseball. When you're in a situation where things don't add up to, to two, and it's a one plus one situation, you, you are looking for a better alternative. That's just natural human nature. There's nothing, nothing to really speculate on. That's just normal human instinct. If you're in a situation where you're uncomfortable and you're looking to remain uncomfortable, that says something more about your own psychological makeup than it does other people because the average person in an uncomfortable situation is going to look to do whatever they can to make the situation tenable or, or to, to evacuate that situation. So for the players to have one perception when they voice those concerns versus the owners, when they are essentially doing the same thing, it is, it is a paradox that, that we are going to have to continue to work through in, in sports. Now, um, obviously, we can go about addressing, you know, scores and who's doing this and who's doing that. But you already had set the table for it, so let's go ahead and get to it. The All-Star Game. Yes, sir. March 7th, March 7th is confirmed. It's going to be in Atlanta, March 7th. Uh, the game is going to – All in one huh? night? Yeah, all, all in one night. All in one night. Compound all of the All Star festivities. Yeah, they're going tonight. to um, have the three point shootout and the skills challenge before the All Star game, and then at halftime they're going to have a slam dunk contest, uh, which is a, a variety of mixed opinions and mixed views on it. A lot of people are saying, "Yo, with the whole COVID going on, how are you going to fly all these people in from possibly thirty different cities? Since it's thirty teams, thirty different cities for one night, possibly, or get in the night before, or get together." I mean, you're not really going to have enough time to necessarily do – maybe they have some rapid tests that they can say, okay, every player that came in or is in Atlanta is COVID-free. 
But as with the NBA season has been going on, players we don't find out test positive until maybe a, a day or two later, or maybe you know later on down the road, and then you have to start canceling games. No, they have rapid testing protocol. No, but they what I'm saying is, oh, but what I'm saying they is, okay, yeah. if you fly in, say for instance, you fly in Friday night, and the game, the game, or you fly, you mm-hmm. you fly in on Sunday, I mean not Sunday, um, Saturday night, right? Flying Saturday night, you get the COVID test Sunday morning, right? You test positive, but what happened if Saturday night? Now you're around all the other players. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So now Indeed. you just, and then now the Indeed. people that, that you tested positive. Now you've been around all these other players, possibly because some of them, some of your boys or whatever. Contact tracing. Contact that way you're gonna cancel all star game. You know what I mean? Like you can't really do that. So I don't know how what they'll do with that type of situation. Maybe they'll just kind of like, hey, you know, low key, we not might not say nothing because I think that would make things look worse if they have to postpone the all star game. You know, because they've been postponing, they've, they've been mm-hmm. postponing actual games. Don't let them have to do that. And again, it's a it's a big money grab for the NBA. I think, um, as far as the game wise, I think it's a dope concept to have it all in one day, uh, because it, it. But the only problem is you're not gonna have fans in the arena. So it's just like what the running joke is. So somebody could somebody like Zion could do a a fifty dunk and there'll be nobody cheering in the crowd. So it's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. You know what I mean? That's that's going to be crazy. Unless they're going to do, I don't know. Obviously, with the, the technology you have, you know, you have um, enhanced sound, a virtual, virtual crowd, crowd. And that, you know, the noise makers in there. But it ain't the same when you look when when you're looking in the stands and there's nobody in there. Or you might be a teammate. And you hear somebody say, "Yo, that was trash." Boo. You know what I mean? Like they they could be able to hear that now. You know what I mean? Because as you notice, the NBA's trying to do a good job of. Uh, muffling out the sounds, but sometimes you can hear players talking when the game's going on. So somebody mm-hmm. do a dunk that's like, ah, people might be like, ah, it was cool, you know what I mean? But it, it, it's one of those things. As a fan, yeah, I'm gonna love it because it's basketball. It's the best of the best, and you know that's what we that's what we that's what we out here supporting is basketball. So I hope hope it flies out with flying colors because I will be watching it. And um, but what's your take? You want, me, you want me to talk about the stars that they announced last night, or um, overall, as a fan of the game, I am absolutely always going to be in favor of more basketball. So it goes without saying that I'm going to definitely be in tune and, and looking to enjoy whatever the NBA is able to produce with this all-star game. Um, I'm surprised that it's actually happening. I do think the idea of truncating the entire weekend into one day is something that's long overdue for the NBA, and hopefully this is something that they'll be able to carry out into the future. Because to be honest with you, the fact that you know we would watch the three-point contest, the skills competition, and the dunk contest on Saturday, and then the main stage, the set. Oh, oh, and then also the um, the the rookie game. All those festivities take place on Saturday night to lead up to Sunday. I always felt like the way that the NBA doesn't afford players enough amount of time to rest. That if they had structured a date to just literally make it all about basketball from you know let's say twelve one o'clock in the afternoon 
And then by the time we get to like 7, 8, 9 p.m., that's when the All-Star game is, is, is rolling out. Everything's all said and done, and the players do get more rest, and you do have more time for the players to actually not be actively in basketball activities and, and, and possibly able to contribute more with that weekend and also rest. Because I always feel like the All-Stars wind up going to the All-Star game and working, while the non-All-Stars – you know, they get that time off and they actually get to, mm-hmm. you know, reboot a little. So if you lessen how much time is spent in actual wear and tear mode and give them an opportunity to, you know, rejuvenate a little bit, you know, hopefully things play out a little better because, you know, it's not like it's a situation where I don't think there's been a situation where an active all-star competed in an alternative competition that they couldn't in the same day. So, it's not a problem for Steph Curry to go and do the skills competition, three-point shootout, and play in an all-star game. It would be a problem if Steph Curry was an all-star game and the dunk contest because there's a level of physicality involved with getting your body yeah, yeah, you know, of course. wound up to do all these death-defying moves that, I mean, honestly, when we used to practice dunking, and it was always the funniest thing. I'd be like, hey, why are we always practicing or trying to dunk after Word. practice when we're the most exhausted? But I remember Glenn saying, I remember Glenn saying, he yeah. was like, if you got it, you got it. If you if you got it, you got it. Like, you might be tired, but that's not going to stop you being able to get over the rim. You just might be able to summon it as much so, as you might want to because you're not a type. So if you got it, you got it. But, shit, I ain't really happy. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Anyway, long story short, I, I, I do believe, I do believe that this format does have, and they're going to be doing the whole the um, what um, they call the Elam, the same as the same rules as last year, where they have to score a certain a certain range. Um, how they did, and but again, mm-hmm. let me ask you: Did you see the starters? Did they, they announced the starters yesterday? Did you see the starters, and did you have any people that you thought would have started in place of? I'll go over real quick. The West starters, obviously, LeBron, Kawhi. Uh, Jokic, uh, Luca, and Steph, right? And the East starters are KD, mm-hmm. Giannis, Joel and B, Bradley Bill, Kyrie Irvin. Now, it's the captains where they get to pick, you know, the best of the, you know, you could pick who you want from each, from, um, like they've done it before in the past. But this, this year is KD versus LeBron's team. So KD and, and LeBron are going to be captains, which I think will be interesting. Um, how that how that is summed up. Um, so, are there any surprises for you for the starters that was named? I'm just, you know, at this point, I get it, but I don't. The Dame Lillard, you know, the Dame Lillard Passover committee, like it, it's expired. It really is. You know, at this point, it's almost. It's it's criminal. It's criminal yeah, that no, that no, man is not an all star starter. We I we've said on this podcast we've said on this podcast that there is a short list of maybe five guys in the NBA who you book them for a full season of them them performing at their normal level, and you give them replacement level or you know replacement level NBA starters, they'll probably be able to take a team to the playoffs. Yeah, Dame Lillard's on that list. No matter what you remove or no matter what you add in to that Portland Trailblazers roster, come playoff time, you're going to be dealing with mm-hmm. the day. And that kind of respect and that kind of and that kind of credibility 
is not being honored properly. And I don't want to make this situation one where we point fingers at fans. Well, they said it was a fan because the players and the media had Dame starting. It's just that now they had to do the fan vote because fans carried 50%. So being Luca had more fan votes Mm -hmm. than Dame, that's why he got to start. Because basically it was Dame ahead of Luca in the player player vote and the media vote. But it was Luca ahead of Dame um, for the fan vote. And the fact that the fan vote they said holds more weight or whatever. Um, that's why. That's why he got it. But now, like I said, neither one of us, we both are, right, we all feel Luca's an all-star, but I don't think he deserves to be a starter because just the way Dame has been playing, and he's been actually, and his, and his team, which is so weird how these rules are made up because, they, you know, you know how they used to, it used to be the thing where if your team has a better record, you should have more all stars, or this, that, and the third. If guys have similar numbers, then they should go about the, um, you know, the team record. But I guess they feel like the fans have so much vote, so the fans voted for Luca. But in my opinion, I don't care. Put Dame as a starter. Luca would have understood. You know what I mean? Like it would, it would be no issue. Because other than that, I don't have an issue with the East, the East um, starters. And the only issue I have is Luca over Dame. And Luca deserves to be an all star, but just I feel like Dame is a real starter. And I feel like most of the people that we would talk to, a lot of our listeners feel the same way. Especially Dame has been, he's, they, they said he's been, um, Mr., Mr. Fourth Quarter, basically. Crunch time, Dame has had the most, yeah, most game winners, the most. He's got the best, he's got the best clutch record. On views from the clutch, <laughs> he's got the best clutch record of all active NBA players. Yeah, since 2012. And again, when when you have such irrefutable evidence, he he averages 29 a game. You know, we we all we all know that he he's a part of the the Moonball Club. You know, which is a, a very a very limited group of players who are, are capable of once you let them in the gym, you got to guard them. We all know what Dame brings to the table. Um, he, he, he's a soundtrack athlete for NBA 2K21. Like he curated the entire soundtrack for a video game with his musical. Talent. Yeah, and the thing about you know it is, saying? his team is the, the man. His team is actually currently in the fourth seed in the West, but Luca's team is currently tenth. Right. Yeah, because so like, I mean, again, it's, it's 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 a five it's a five game difference in the wow. win 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 column. So, but you know, again, it, to me though, it will be interesting. Um, what they do with the reserves? I feel like there's always actually the only thing I'm I'm surprised. Well, I'm not really. I'm gonna say I'm not surprised. I thought honestly that James Harden was going to um become a starter, voted in as a starter. But I, I had to look at how many games he actually played in for um for the Nets. But I thought they were gonna have um James Harden as a starter over Kyrie. But I guess either way, I'm not, I'm not upset. But it's just to me, I think that with that being the case, Brooklyn definitely is going to have three players in the um, All Star game. You know, because I don't, I, I feel like they might. I don't think they'll take anything away from James because I feel like James has been, he's played enough games for me with the Nets. I've seen enough to say he's still, he's an All Star in the East. You know what I mean? Especially with this. He's an all-star. It's just a matter of they—they they need to make sure. 
they need to make sure they don't mess that one up. I mean, that that's really where I'm at with it. Like, come on, guys. James Harden is irrefutably an all-star. He's he, he's been an all-star since he since he became emancipated from Oklahoma City's bench and became a full-time starter in Houston. His numbers, his his credibility. I don't care what conference he plays in. You can start a whole new conference just for James Harden, and he he's still a starter. So. I don't really see an argument that even makes sense to him being precluded simply because he got traded midseason. It's just something that I hope that they're intelligent enough to figure yeah. out. And, you know, somebody got to get bumped. Exactly. So it'd be I mean, interesting because he, I mean, James Harden played 17 yeah. games. So he got to figure Kyrie played 21. So that's still, that's a good, that's a good number. You know what I mean? Um, it will be interesting. Kyrie played 21 games. 17 for the Nets. He played. He played some other games. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, he mm-hmm. played for Houston before you know he got moved, but he's only four games less than Kyrie, who yeah took time off, as we know, during that process of it was coincidental. It wasn't due to James Harden trade being worked out, but at the same time that Kyrie was out of the office, James Harden got moved from Houston to um to the Nets. Um. Yeah, outside of the, the 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 sliding of of Dame Lillard, not really much that I can complain about. And again, I don't want to make it seem like I have an issue with the fans. Let's just be real about the whole Luka Doncic situation, and and remove any opportunity for anybody to really truly be upset. Luka Doncic is a foreign-born NBA player. These foreign-born NBA players have fans. And their fans happen to be the entire nation that they come from and represent. So for him to be what I think is Slovenian, and they have a population that's probably like right around the same size as the state of New York. So they're probably in the upwards of, of you know, double-digit millions. If you've got your whole country, entire country willing to go on the NBA.com website, and vote for you to be a part of the NBA's biggest festivity, which is what would happen for Dirk Nowitzki, which is what would happen for Yao Ming, which would happen for, for these international players of high acclaim who actually were worthy of, of being noticed. The fan vote is going to be a little loaded for some of these, these, these non-domestic-born players. Mm-hmm. So it's not a surprise to me that, you know, his country stood up for him. Yeah. I think it's dope, honestly, you know? So shout out to Slovenia and, and, and all of those who have taken the time out to dedicate their energy to support their, you know, their homegrown talent. It's a dope thing. Um, and nobody here on this planet can present a reasonable argument that justifies Luka Doncic not being an all-star based on the quality of his play, the numbers that he's presented, and the fact that he's not so far removed from playoff contention that he's just out there, you know, stat sheet stuffing. He, he's really in a position to try and help his team get to the playoffs and be a better team. And they were in the bubble last year. So you're talking about a team that was that was a playoff team last year who's just not having a good go of it this year, mm. to, 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 to put it the best way. You know, right now, they're still trying to figure things out. So, you know, they're not, you know, they're not whole. We've been talking about what we think Dallas can do to make themselves better and pieces that they may need or philosophies and, and principles that they might need to adopt. But at the end of the day, Luca is playing his mind out. So I don't want to take anything away from him and anything that he's done this season to make it seem like he's some yeah, no, 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 no. that we're just picking on. Because who's the other it's, West it's Guard? It's Steph. Steph Curry. Who's the other West Guard? 
See, so oh, it's Steph. So his equity just allows us to say, oh, well, you know, Steph is back to being his normal two-time MVP self. So nobody should question him. So let's just pick on Luca. And I don't want it to seem like that's the case. You know, this is just purely a situation where if you talk about the top three lead guards in in the West, you're probably gonna go with Dane in that top three. I don't know what you're gonna do with Steph. I mean, obviously Steph is still leading a team that's in the playoff hunt. And he's playing out of his mind too. You got two of the high scoring mm. And he's actually scoring season. scoring more than both of those so, guys. I mean, granted, it's not by much. It's like a couple tenths of a point, but still. I mean, but you know Steph Curry is a fan favorite over the two. You know what I mean? Um Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about voting out or not selecting a two time MVP. That's not realistic, and, and we both know that. So at, at the end of the day, it's just again. My my whole point is, I don't want to make it seem like it's just about Luca. No, no, no. It's truly not. It's just about the situation where Dane always seems to be the one who, who is falling victim to the popularity, and it shouldn't always be that way. You know, it, it should be a situation where someone who is clearly performing at the level that he is should be afforded the the accolades and respect. Did he go to the All Star game last year? Well, not last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, last year. Did he go? Yeah, they, 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 they had all star. Uh, yeah, he's always been. Was he a reserve? Starter. I don't think he's. I don't remember him ever being a starter. Um, I would just he he's a five time, mm-hmm. well now six time all star. Uh, remember it was just that it was a two years where he was averaging over twenty five or twenty eight points a game, and both years he wasn't in, and it was like, you know, people were like, "Yo, how is this cat not in? This cat scoring twenty five plus points." To, at that point, they were still. Uh, Portland was still a good team, so it was just one of those things. But Dame's always, I mean, he he's the most, you know, most now now the term is he's the most feared man in the NBA because of what he he's able to do shooting and the way he scores. But again, he's been, you know, Dame is certified. You know what I mean? Again, like we've always said, he might not win an NBA championship, but he's a champion in 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 the hood. So you know what I mean? The fact that he's able to do what he's able to do at a high level, an elite level. Um, and again, the people who are going to you know try to hate on him or overlook him because he's in a, a smaller market. But that don't you know nowadays I feel like the internet's leveled the playing field. That small market thing to me doesn't make as much sense because mm-hmm. the dude Dame is a rapper, so he's he's trying to create other fan a different fan base. We know who plays basketball, but he's also got commercials. You know I've seen him in you know a couple of commercials. So you know those. Hulu doesn't just exactly. Sports. He's got he's got he his own signature that. shoe. So you know, again, you know the the uh, like I said with the NS level and the playing field. Plus, again, how much you when you that nice, people know who you are. You know what I mean? Because again, I don't. If this is the case, if it's about big time markets, then every it's how come I, no Knicks are starters? You know what I mean? Or how come no um, Celtics are starters? You know what I mean? These are these are teams with. Go back over the West. Yeah, Kawhi's a starter. Is, is Kawhi, Kawhi starter? LeBron, uh, Jokic. Um, that's the front court. And then the back court is um, Luka and Steph. Kai, yeah. Kawhi, LeBron, Jokic yep. are, the, are the, the front court. So Anthony Davis? That's not any vote as a fan vote. I mean, I don't think. Well, I mean, he's yeah, having say, a quote unquote four, down four year. So. For a for a Anthony Davis year, is this a down year? Now for anyone else, 
averaging what twenty three and nine or twenty three twenty two and eight or something like that. That's still all star level numbers. It's just that's a breakout season. That's that's us selling, telling you that Christian Wood is the greatest value contract in the NBA because that's yeah. about what Christian Wood was giving you. So uh, agreed. Um, I mean, Anthony Davis has set his own bar high, and he also has admitted that you know statistically mm-hmm. this may not be his best year. And um, we'll get to that. You know, his, the situation with his um his health. I definitely, you know, would rather see him be able to finish out the season in the best possible condition he can, rather than anything yeah. else play out for him. So, well, you know, I'm looking at his is, stats is, is too. Though. That I have in that this position. is his lowest output since his second year in the league. So, um, that goes to show you. Now, granted, he's been in the league for, you know, about nine years. So, you know what I mean. It's one of the things, and again. To be twenty-seven points a game last year to twenty-two, that's you know five-point drop. And again, I mean, but you know, it is still early. Again, the guys have that's another thing too with this season. It is a little modified, you know what I mean? So, because normally when you go to the All-Star break, normally you have you know what possibly anywhere between the mid-thirties to forty games, maybe even more by the time the All-Star break happens. Less, less in the season. Usually they play a, a just about over fifty. So you're before you get that All Star game. So then you have that last stretch run of like thirty plus games to to finish out the season. This year it's almost like going to be equivalent. Yeah, because remember we got we got ten games less too. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's ten games less. Respond. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how how teams respond to the layoff and how they come back because. I mean, this is this is the no lacking season mm-hmm. of them all for the NBA. Like you, you really, with all of the different opportunities that they have to to have justifiable reasons for players not to play with COVID, contact tracing, injuries, back to backs, um, the rules, the rules mandating that guys have to be suited up. So there's a different level of of wear and tear management and an ability to suit up that that's being tested this season with what the NBA is going on. Um, so yeah. the, who's, I mean, what, who's the who's starters the you said? Uh, it's yeah. Kyrie, oh, Bradley, Kyrie. Bill. Kyrie. Uh, you got Joel Embiid, okay. Kevin Durant, and Giannis. KD. So that's, that to me, that's, that's, that's on the market. Like I said, mm. I would have me personally. I probably would have gave it to James Harden over Kyrie, but I'm not. I think both. I think they both were gonna make it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of. But that to me is. I'm not like more shocked at it than the Luca Dame situation. You know what I mean? So that I look at it like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see mm-hmm. Bradley Beal, and I'm not gonna lie, being a um a resident of DC, the DMV area for some Indeed. years. Um, and the fact that Bradley Bill's out there, a lot of times he's out there by himself. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's four other players on the team, but there's Wizards fans that can't name some of them players. You know what I mean? So, the fact that he's out there, you know, doing his best, giving his all, um, it's good to see Bradley Bill get, get say, you know what? Because now he can't be denied. Because last year, he got denied, and he was averaging, I think, 30 points a game. And he didn't get he didn't get an all star mm-hmm. um, selection at all. So it's like you know what, even if your team has a bad record, 
one way to become an all star is just become a starter. You know. Mm-hmm. But we actually got. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, mean, I was like just going to say, okay. with that, you want to try to guess on who you think the reserves would be? Because I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like there's um, going to be some snubs, but I feel like depending on who's snubbed, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what they're going to do this season because, remember, it's the coaches and the players. The fans don't have a vote for the for the reserves. So it's the coaches and the players. Mm-hmm. So I want to see if and a lot of times this is where the whole, you know, less reward winning comes into play is for the reserves. And that'll be interesting to see because mm-hmm. they're in my opinion, I mean we could we could run through it real quick and not no not spend too much time on it. Um, but I feel like in the East, um, well, I mean, let's just, let's yeah, just yeah. book a slot for Harden right. and we just have to like use our common sense to assume that he's going to be elected an all-star by whoever has the opportunity to complete that. That's a transaction that I consider to be a given. So let's mm-hmm. you know, book one slot for Harden and then. When it comes to the Eastern Conference, I mean, you got neither one of the Boston duo elected, but then you also have to look at their record and say, okay, well, they're really yeah, only, they're only like, 500 seed right now. If that, so can you forcibly, even though Jalen and um, Tatum are paying, playing out of their mind when they're healthy, can you really justify them getting two All Star nods on a team that see that's really middle of the and that's what's going right to be that's going to be the trick bag because I don't I don't see I don't, I don't think Simmons is All Star this year. His numbers are down across the board, and mm-hmm. I feel like Tobias Harris. I feel like Tobias Starting Harris anything, has um done more and has actually played more too. Ben Simmons, I'm not gonna lie, I see him. I have to look to see how many games he actually played this season, but every time I watch Philly, I don't see him playing. Heck, I'm watching Philly right now. But he's fresh off of like a forty point game when Embiid didn't play. That was that was only within the past seven days that happened, right? Embiid didn't play and he stepped up and scored forty three points. I don't think he did, but for a man who can't shoot past five That's feet, a lot of laps. Scored forty some odd points. And also again, again, again. We can say what we want about his numbers, but you can't deny the impact that that man has on the floor, defensively and offensively. Now, obviously, his 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 skill and his his um actual efficiency. If you if you drill down deep and you look at exactly where his numbers come from and how he generates them, it does start to paint a picture of you understanding how he's really got some work to do. Ben Simmons like leads the league in three points, three point assists, meaning that more of his passes than any other person who makes passes to three point shooters lead to made three point shots. But if you look at how those shots are generated and the actions that lead to them, it, it starts to make sense. You know, this guy is a, is a guy who basically, with his gravity, draws the entirety of the defense to him, and these guys are now open to take threes. It's not a Chris Paul situation where he's dribbling, 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 calling the set, looking around, surveying the floor, 
tilting the defense one way and then passing the opposite way to a, a guy nobody saw was open for a three. It's almost like Ben Simmons has a lot of the Allen Iverson assist mm-hmm. in case of emergency pass. So I only said that just to say I get why there could be some contention with somebody like Ben Simmons. The reason why I brought him up is because he's the starting point guard on the East number one team. And typically when you're on the team with the best record in your conference, Well, that's one reason I mentioned Tobias off. Harris because Which is what the Tobias Harris is averaging over 20 points. He's averaging about seven, seven rebounds a game. And he's averaging about four or five assists. So even though his um, Ben Simmons numbers are like 15 points, eight and eight, you know what I mean? So I'm looking at Tobias Harris maybe mm-hmm. could possibly sneak in over Ben Simmons. But, again, I would not be surprised if they go with who they're comfortable seeing. You know what I mean? Like, I can see – I see it easier for Ben Simmons to repeat as an all-star than as it is to Tobias Harris becoming an all-star starter for the first time in his career. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it tends to – sometimes you tend to mm-hmm. see that more where you see – the players that they've used to, you're used to seeing get nods, even if those guys necessarily might not be having an All Star season. You, but you, but the fact that they've been a regular as an All Star, they tend to get a nod. You know, so it it, it can very well happen. And yes, if if Brooklyn's getting three players, I really think Philadelphia's definitely going to get two. You know, just because. That's just the way, the, like I said, the NBA likes to reward a two-player. I mean, teams with the best record, it's rare that they get one player. You know, I mean, because you got to figure Milwaukee's got and Chris Middleton all those years that they've been the number one seed. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's kind of why I went the way I did with, with who who I expected, and then I gave that you know that qualifier when it comes to what could happen with Boston, because those two guys, I mean, just from a watching basketball perspective, they're definitely all-star caliber players. I mean, I think oh, career season for, for Jalen and Tatum's doing what, and Tatum's doing what, what, what we've, you know, known him to be capable of doing since basically his, his first season in the league, you know, it was just a matter of when was he going to put it together and add the things necessary to, to put him in that upper 20 points a game main option. You can't stop me. I've got yeah, a Kobe it, package. Yeah, because I'm, cause I'm looking that. at it. Okay. Let's, let's, let's just say this, right? Let's say Philly gets a second person. Got James Harden. Philly gets a second person. Not saying it's going to be... Could be Ben Simmons. Could be Harris. That's, just, that's two, two players right there for the bench. Uh, I don't feel Milwaukee's going to get a second player. I don't think Chris Middleton is going to be an all-star, right? I, ho- I hope not. Let me say this. No. I hope not. Yeah. No. And, uh, and J. Rue... No, and, and I doubt Jay Rue Holiday gets the nod, even though again his his NBA equity and respect factor is exactly always going to be. So then now roof. you go to but, um, the Pacers. I think the actually, Pacers are the yeah. fourth seed. I wouldn't be surprised if Sabonis gets in again. All right, I mean, yeah, and again, he might be the be secondary big, one of those last people in. But I'm just going by the record, right? Like, okay, so now we're at. Three players on the bench. If Boston gets two, that's now five players on the bench. That means there's only two more slots. So, who are those wild cards? Are you looking at it like, in my opinion, I think Julius Randle's 
gets the knot. Let's, well, let's, let's, let's get the Randall. Exactly. Let's get a Nick let's in there. I think Randall gets in there. Uh, and I think they would either do um Bam or maybe Zach Levine sneaks in. But I feel like they're gonna jerk Zach Levine again. I just feel like he's not gonna make it for some weird reason. I feel like Toronto's gonna get somebody in. You know what I mean? Like I just I don't know. Like I said, I want to see I've ever seen huh? But who would it be? Toronto's been nope. so up and but they down. They have a better record. I mean, than, I, I, they have a better I, I record than the Bulls. Listen, agree. I agree. Listen, at, at the end of the day, it's it's just a matter of who do you isolate on that Toronto team because of the culture that they've created. Like it became, oh yeah, it's about to be Siakam show, right? Or, we were all braced for it. It's about to be the Siakam show, and then this season unfolded, and yeah. Siakam had a meltdown. Toronto didn't start as well as they normally have. They're, they're, you know, fighting their way back. And the best player on their yeah. team is Fred Van Vliet. So, so if you say Fred Van Vliet is an all-star, which would only, again, further cement his status as arguably, you know, one of the best. Yeah. No, undrafted. Pick, second round pick? I second round pick. Undrafted. In NBA history? Undrafted. Okay. So, so, so he he's already like his statue is already getting built. Like I don't know who's gonna build it first and where they're gonna post it. Whether it's gonna be at Wichita State where he played college basketball, or it's gonna be where he's from, because you know he did have to get out of a, a, a you know a community that wasn't also great to 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 make it to where he's at. Or I mean, you can't build a statue for him in Toronto because you gotta yeah. you know you got Kyle Lowry statue statue being built. So. So it'll probably be Wichita State or somebody else like that could, could commemorate him. But if in this same season that mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet signed that huge deal, 54. then what did he drop? 53 or 54? 54. You know, and he and he and he put himself in the history books. So mm-hmm. there's a pair of his kicks on their way to Nathan. So, so yeah. Um if he, no, if he I were to make an all star not, I would not I would, be mad I would, at that. I would tip my hat to Zach Levine. I mean if I have to, if I'm comparing the two, listen. Well, not just you know, that. I'm, I'm looking at the stats. Levine is what, you know, 28 real. a game. I think he's one of the top scorers in the league. So, of, yeah. So, so um, he is one of the top scorers. In the yeah. So, and those aren't great value buckets. Those are those are. If I don't score this, it looks even worse for the bookie. Yep. numbers that he's giving you. You get what I'm saying? He's 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 keep hope alive in 28 a game. Fred Van Vliet obviously is is kind of in a similar situation where his scoring has become way more necessary than we ever would have anticipated. Because remember, Fred Van Vliet was always a I don't want to say always, but he's been he's been steadily in the mid, if you if you will, you know, give you between 10 and 20 a game off the bench based off of his minutes, and then he became a starter. And then it became a solid, you know, team point per game scorer. And now, Fred, he's, what, Fred, he's, Fred, he's he's twenty a game. Is he in the twenties? He's twenty a game. So Fred Van Vliet, who who might be shorter than both me and you, I'm five uh-huh. ten, you're six feet, or six one. He's probably he's probably in between our height, and he's out there giving up yeah. twenty a game as a two guard with none of the oh, athletic yeah, no, ability no, that we know that. It's all, it's all, it's all the use of angles, savvy, dribbling, 
having an amazing yeah. set point on his release when yeah. he takes a his lot of heart back. over hype, man. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, and a lot of a, a lot of intelligence over brawn, and you know that gets forgotten in a sport where everybody's you know jumping over cars and doing ridiculous feats of athletic ability to score baskets. On, on the contrast, you got a guy who does none of that, but mm-hmm. he's gonna go out there and give you fifty if you keep playing with him. So. I'd be hard pressed to be be surprised if, if it came down to them choosing Fred Van Vliet because where the Raptors? Yeah, yeah no, the Raptors are they currently are actually, back in the playoff hunt because I remember right two weeks now. ago. They two were weeks like, ago, they, we were talking about the Raptors. Man, they were like two hundred thirteen. Like you know what I'm saying? It wasn't that wasn't the place. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't even. I mean, they were. Well, two weeks ago, Cleveland, Cleveland was games. looking down. That's why. Cleveland. Where Cleveland has lost nine straight, mm-hmm. but uh, right, and we were and we were saying, and I've been saying, I don't know if I want to say we because you tend not to really speak on the Raptors. Well, who the Raptors? What it is? What kind of problem you got with them? But I know when I was speaking of the Raptors, yeah, I know when I was speaking of the Raptors, I was saying, you know, it's only a matter of time before that guy who's arguably the, the best game tactician actively right now in the league. Nick Nurse figures out what to do and gets that ship righted. Like Toronto won't be in the lottery, and here we are. They're they're approaching the sixth seed, and they're in a position where this is the thing that I've always found funny about the NBA. And tell me if, if you agree with me. Ever since the Rockets won that championship as the sixth seed, I've always felt if you're a really good team, but you wind up in the bottom half of your playoff bracket you can kind of like do the same things the teams in the top half are doing and kind of like choose your own destiny. Because if you, if you play your cards just right, you can land into that five spot where now if you beat the four, you play a one who might have a really tough first round opponent or a one who's really not as good as that record suggests, like a Milwaukee has been, which is how Miami was able to do what they did. I think it's dangerous for teams that are really talented to put it all together and be available as a lower seed in the playoffs because I think they tend to just like send the brackets into a to a, a frenzy if they're actually healthy and ready to play come playoff time, which is what Miami did. Miami, you know, trolled themselves all the way to the finals as a fifth seed. So I think that Toronto now as a sixth seed if they're continuing to play well and winning games, they're obviously going to trend upward and probably make it into that top four or, so, so, you know, maybe be at five. I don't know. Point is, if, if Toronto's in a position where they can pick and choose who they're going to match up against, I'd be very concerned about... But again, so let's let's stay back to the, the All-Stars. Have we... So you're saying Van Vliet is in, or you're saying nah? For All-Star game. I'm saying, I'm saying, when it comes down to the way you presented it, if if those two are the last, and, and it's never presented that way, um, so if I had to pick them, I'm picking Zach Levine because I'm just simply a Zach Levine fan. But I would not be at all bothered, upset, disappointed if Zach Levine got you. doesn't okay. have to go, and it's because Fred Van Vliet goes. Now, if if Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet goes, and I gotta watch the bonus. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying Sabonis is in the fourth seed. 
I'm gonna be annoyed because Demonte, Demonte, shout out to you, shout out to you, and all that you're doing for Indiana. You're holding it down by the chicken. You're you're keeping that that franchise afloat. I don't want to take nothing away from you, but dog, for you to have like less athleticism than your father, who had no athleticism because it was who because it was taken from him by injury. Because if you go back and listen to or, or watch a video of people talking about the original Arvita Sabonis. He used to jump out the gym. He used to run like a gazelle. He used to get up and down. But as he got hurt, he put on weight and became a groundbound post player. He reinvented himself. Well, you picked up that part of his gene pool, DeMonte, and none of his like fast twitch fibers. And it's frustrating because now I see why they can't let go of Miles mm-hmm. Turner. What are they going to do? You can't hold down the middle, DeMonte. You cannot. When you go above the rim, I get excited. You have the most aggressive layup package in six foot eleven history. You, if I had to put together the all vertical, non-vertical team, I know two slots, guaranteed starters. You are you talking about current players or are you talking about over ever? Uh, y'all uh, I, two I was gonna the, I thought you was gonna say uh yes. Zach Randolph. Current. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach Randolph is the the goat of the of the of the non vertical team. He's the goat. He, I mean, listen until until one of those one of the guys we've spoken of, and it won't be Kyle because Kyle's trajectory doesn't trend that way. It could be Demonte, but Demonte seems like I don't think he'll ever get to the level of you can't stop me. You can only hope to contain me that Zach Randolph have. And then we have, also have to remember, if since we're speaking of Zach Randolph, Zach Randolph sacrificed so much when he went to Memphis to make that situation work. This was a guy who was giving you between like 26 and 27 a game before he came to Memphis. And then he subjugated that to 18, 19 a game because for the sake of that whole team working better, it made sense for him to share. But he was a guy who, if he wanted to, Mm -hmm. without jumping off the floor, could give you 30 at night. So that GOAT status on him and on on the non-vertical team, like I'm I'm not really ready to entertain any type of arguments or any type of, uh, of counter to, to what I've just said. But yeah, DeMonte, listen, man, you, you, you're doing a great job in Indiana. I commend you. I respect you tremendously as a basketball player. Um, I'm just more of a, I like to see people get off the ground kind of guy. And it, it's dope to see that there are still players who don't necessarily have all those traits, but they're still able to contribute in a magnificent way. But if you ask me for the all-star game, who I'd rather watch take mm-hmm. the floor. Okay. It's so, I don't know about any other remaining. Okay, well, what about the only person? Who are these East the only players person that I would say possibly that, that should be is Westbrook Bam Adebayo. Maybe so. Let's just remove that from, from Miami. Even though Miami's had a weird season, um, that's the only player I feel like they could possibly give a nod to. Maybe Trey Young. You know, um, and Trey Young. Yeah, yeah it's been Trae it's Young, been a little cold. But I'm just thinking, little, like, who else is a fan favorite that? was an all-star last year, you know. And then again, they could, as much as I don't want to say this, well, Milwaukee's been – they lost five in a row, but they're still the number three seed. So I, I just hope not. Um, I hope they don't even give them the um, – Chris Middleton, I'm sorry. You know, you've, you've had your years of getting all-star nods. I think that's all for rap now. Um, but, yeah, so it is what it is. So the all-star East – East All-Star is always going to be a snub. It's always going to be somebody that we didn't think of 
that gets the that gets the nod. It's always somebody's gonna probably get paid off to get that slot. But listen, long as Julius Randle is in, I'm straight. Everybody else could be, you know, fall in line. Because I mean, Julius Randle's actually he's putting up better numbers than AD. You know, which is which is for this season is again going into the season. If somebody told me Julius Randle will have better numbers than um, Anthony Davis, people would have looked at me like I was crazy. Heck, I might have looked at myself like I was crazy. But you know, that's... wait, 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 wait! You just said Julius Randle and Anthony Davis in the same same sentence. I'm just saying, if you if somebody would have told me that Julius Randle would have better numbers than Anthony Davis, I'd be like, nah, you bugging. But Julius mm-hmm. Randle has better numbers than Anthony Davis this season. That's a debate. That is an absolute fact. That's what I'm saying. But Julius again, Randall, what is he at? Where, where, Julius where, where is at that, 23. Where is Julius Randle at points per game at? 20, 23. 23. He's at 11 rebounds at five and a half assists. Yeah, he's an all star. That's what I'm saying. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is at 20, basically 22 now, points a game. The Knicks are the seventh now. seed currently. No, they are the yeah, sixth so or seventh. Hold on. It was six, and you know what? They were six the other day, and they lost. They had a chance to actually move up. So that means that's why Toronto. Yeah, so that's probably why. Toronto. Yeah, see, but that's the, but that loss. Had they got to five hundred, they actually would have been ahead of Boston because they got more wins. Oh man, ah, but they could have had a chance to instead of going instead of being seventh, they could if they would have won, they would have been fifth. But it is what it is. We'll get them wins again. Uh, we'll get that top. We'll get the top top seeds soon. You know what I mean? Not. The higher seeds than seventh. I want the Knicks. I want the Knicks. I don't even want the Knicks to be in that tournament. I want the Knicks. The way they've been playing, if they can keep this up, I want yeah. In the way the other teams have been playing this season, at the rate the Knicks are playing, and the rate these other teams are playing now, again, some teams are gonna get hot. Some teams get cold, and a trade might happen, or whatever, or injuries. But I'd like to see the Knicks get one of the top six seeds. You know, I don't even want them to be in that playing tournament. I want them to be able to get one of the top six seeds since they've been playing well enough and they're technically only half a game out of it. You know what I'm saying? And they're only a full game out of fifth and a game and a half out of fourth. So, I mean, they're, they're in the mix. But, yeah, I mean, I think um, that's what it is. So, again, there's going to be some snubs, but the All-Star game is March 7th. Um, I think next time for the next podcast, we have to link up for the Western Conference because I feel like that's going to be a lot more possibilities of some snubs. Oh, yeah, definitely. The West is always a situation where you got multiple guys who have a, 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 um, a not I want to say justified, but they have a legitimate gripe about not being where they um you know, want to be or feel like their their play deserves. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely jump back into that and and attack the Western Conference. It's always you know what I'm saying good to do it piece by piece rather than to overload the ears. Um, as always, we want to take this moment out to say thank you to all our listeners, supporters, and subscribers. Um, if you would like to join us, you can do so by leaving us a voice note on any of the podcasting platforms that we are hosted on. You can reach us directly at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail dot com. You can tag us on social media at Views from the Clutch on Facebook and Instagram. And um, before I go, once again, RIP to Move Diamond. You will be missed. Exit 2-1, um, Long Island legend. And um, on that note, you'll say peace. Peace.